All right. I don't know about for you or not, but it has started cooling down where I am, and it's so nice. Yep. Except for then it says it's going to be cool, and I'm like, yeah, it's only get up to 63 today, and then the sun's like, haha, just kidding, it's 75, and I'm like, get fucked. <laughs> I wore a sweater today, dressing yeah, for the happen. dressing for the autumn I week. want, not the autumn I have. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and our uh, our car fun seems never ending. We got a flat oh. on last Sunday. And then we've been waiting on a tire, a replacement tire, because our car has fancy tires that they don't have in stock for some reason at the dealership we bought the car at. Oh. And um, so Elise and our friends took the tire in on Monday and they're like, okay, well, we'll order it. We should have it by Friday. And so I, ha- I asked Elise to call on Friday and see where we were with the tire and stuff. And they had called me. And they said, well, so we have a tire that matches the, like, requirements of your tire, like the speed rating and stuff, Uh, but it's just not the same brand. Is that okay? And I was like, is it gonna do anything to the car? Like, negatively? Like, is it gonna throw off the axle or something, like a balance or something? No, it's the same tire, it's just a different brand. I'm like, I don't fucking care. Like, yes, give me the tire that is here versus the tire we are still waiting for. Yeah. So we we have the Prius back, and I'm very excited about it. Good. Because it sucks being down to one car. Yeah, I lived that life for way too long. Yeah, we have... We have two. I mean, the all the months that we didn't have the Prius because of the accident. Before that, it wasn't as bad because we were working at the same place. So that makes it a lot easier working the same schedule and everything. Like, why would you take two cars? Yeah. But um, yeah, so it's nice. I'm excited to have it back now. Every time I see the tire and it looks weird or like any of the tires and I'm just like, are you flat? Are you going flat? God damn it, don't go flat. <laughs> I'm like, no, it's just a weird angle, Roya. You're being paranoid. That sounds that sounds like you. Yeah. <clears throat> it's uh it's pretty ac- pretty pretty accurate. Pretty accurate. Accurate? Is that the My Capricorn? Mm, maybe. Paranoia. <laughs> anxiety. Paranoid? Yeah. I think it's anxiety more than paranoia. I have a lot of that. Enough to share. I don't need any more. Okay, well, I'll if you, you if you ever do, if you're ever like, man, I really wish I had some more, I will gladly share some of mine with you. I wish I could carry, I try to carry a lot of things for people. I don't, I can't carry any more anxiety. That's right, look, that is why, <laughs> that is why when my therapist told me to grow the fuck up, I internalized that as stop telling people about your issues. I think you need to unpack that with your <laughs> therapist further. <laughs> Because I know nobody wants to hear about it. So, shall we start the episode? Sure. (laughs) On that lovely note. Welcome to The Strange and Unusual, where we discuss The Strange and Unusual. This is episode... What did I just say? (laughs) This is episode 132 of our series, Seeking Out the Weird, the Unexplained, and the Devious from Around the World. I'm Casey. And I'm Roya. This week, we're preparing for Halloween with this Patreon-voted topic of werewolves again. Ow! (laughs) Don't forget, you can follow us on all of the social medias. We have Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, 
And of course, patreon.com slash strange and unusual, where you can cast your vote. What do you want to hear about next month? Give us $2. We'll let you decide. And um, I've been listening to some podcasts that have started expanding outside of Patreon. So if there are any like that kind of format or anything that you would like us to try out or look into or something, give us any suggestions or recommendations on uh, on Instagram or something to let us know if there's somewhere that's better. Yeah, um, I'll join. People I'll, like more. I'll make an OnlyFans if you're going to give me money. <laughs> I got titties. Let's go. I didn't mean OnlyFans, but you do you. If Markiplier can do it, I can do it. <laughs> I mean, get, anyone get can do Get this it. podcast to number one. <laughs> I will do an OnlyFans. <laughs> Casey will release nudes. Tasteful. Tasteful nudes. Ah, okay. No peen. Got it. Yep. Okay. So my awareness. Oh. So my initial idea was that I was going to do um, something in the vein of like the vampire of austria kind of angle like the werewolf of this place yeah um where it's just someone who sort of got the moniker because they were a very violent uh or despised person um but then casey and i were talking about it a little bit and she was like i think that they're kind of expecting something else so if you come at it with the like serial killer aspect of it don't roya these people they asked for something specifically (laughs) yeah so one of the cases is a legend and then i have another one that is a lesser known uh like the werewolf of yeah um because i was initially gonna throw you guys into albert fish and decided not to like literally at the last minute i was like if i can find other things i'm not going to do him I, so. wait, I, I really hope you're not going to do him. No, God, no. Well, he's super corpse. dead now. Corpse yeah. man. <laughs> super corpse. Um, even when he was alive, absolutely not. Okay. Uh, <laughs> Checking just to make sure. I do have standards. By the way, just real quick, I, I do apologize for uh, for talking shit on Discord earlier. No, you're fine. If you want to get access to our Discord where you can see Casey talk shit about me, uh strange uh join our patreon patreon or yeah patreon.com slash strange it is not my fault that roya doesn't watch television i <sighs> anyway <laughs> topic werewolves we <laughs> <laughs> yeah so um yeah i wanted to do something i i was trying to find um werewolf content that we had not previously covered in our werewolf episode um but that was actually about werewolves because which is hard because they don't exist yep <laughs> if you are interested in hearing about other werewolves though episode 50 we did yeah, werewolves. it's our lichen lycanthropes episode lupine yeah um so we lose animal death victorian era yes. ambiguity amputation europe georgia okay that's a list of we woos <laughs> That's that's like a Casey list. Yeah, I I tried. I I was I was feeling your energy coursing through my veins. Love that. We were we were talking as I was writing these notes. Um, so Emily Isabella Emmy Burt was born on July 29th, eighteen forty one. A Leo, confident, ambitious, and luxury loving. Luxurious. All words that would encapsulate basically what I could find about this Georgian aristocrat. So, Emmy was described as the shyest child 
of the wealthy Burt family, who are quite well known in the city now called Woodland. Her father died, unfortunately, when she was still quite young. Um, I can only assume of the illness mm. that we so often talk about in our cases, um, centered around this time period where there were just a myriad of diseases and a short life expectancy all waiting to take you out. <laughs> yep. Get fucked. Um, when her father did die, though, he left behind a, hef- a hefty sum of money to take care of his wife and children who had grown accustomed to a life among the elite in Georgia. But instead of keeping her children close, Mildred, Emmy's mother, decided that she needed more free time and shipped those kids to boarding school in Europe so Good that she could you. enjoy a fun life of being a socialite without the burden of children. Love like that I- for her. Yeah, no judgment, Mildred. I would probably do the same. Yep. Way to go, Mildred. We are, we're team Mildred. Um, when Emmy returned from a long semester at school, though, her family began to notice that she was different. Oh, no. She looked sickly, and she would just silently stare into the distance and complain that she was often unable to sleep. Same. <laughs> yeah, just pale, looking sick all the time, disassociating, insomniac. Are we sure she's not a millennial? Yeah. (laughs) Um, So Mildred began to grow concerned for her daughter and started keeping a slightly closer eye on her, wondering if maybe she could help. Because even though Mildred had, like, sent her kids to boarding school, it didn't mean she didn't care about them. She just didn't want them around. (laughs) Yeah, she just wanted free time. And the school, I mean, I'm assuming, and I would imagine that the education system, like today, is probably better in Europe than it is in America. (laughs) Yep. Um, so it was discovered that Emmy was slipping out of the house at night and going into the nearby forest. What a naughty girl. When Mildred confronted her daughter about it, Emmy claimed that she couldn't remember most of her late night stroll. Even more concerning to Mildred, Emmy began to grow just weird hair on her body in odd places, and strangers began to note that Emmy's teeth almost looked sharper than normal. Well, I was going to suggest maybe she was out taking her tea, but uh, but then the <laughs> um, tea thing, that does not account for being on uh, hormones. Yeah. Uh, it was, it was kind of like they were growing into fangs. Oh, that's not normal. Yeah. Unable to explain the hair growth or potentially sharpening teeth, uh, Mildred did what any good mother would and wrote it off as odd changes due to puberty. <laughs> you know, that's super fair. I'm still team Mildred. You know, it, it. you never know how your puberty is going to work out. Yep. Some people true. get really bad acne. Some people grow fangs. That's true. <laughs> I believe that. Uh, but Mildred did decide to keep an even closer eye on her daughter um, after this. Mom of the year. So while all of this is going on in the Burt household, the local farmers are dealing with their own problem. All throughout the county... Farmers were waking up in the morning and finding their fields littered with the mangled carcasses of their livestock. (laughs) Frustrated with their loss, the farmers decided to band together and try to end the slayings. They assumed that based on how the livestock had been slaughtered, that it was likely a wolf attack and not necessarily a larger animal. There were no bear prints or anything to indicate a larger predator, and there's really no other larger predator in the area of Georgia that would be bigger than a wolf and smaller than a bear. That's fair. Um, They started having hunting parties to try to capture or kill the beast responsible for all these slayings, fearing, you know, fairly 
reasonably that it could move on to other prey instead of just livestock that it could start hunting people once all the cows and shit were gone who knows yeah so these attempts continued for weeks with no results and at the end of their ropes the locals reached out to their last resort the town weirdo love it I literally could not find his name anywhere, so we're just going to call him a Slavic name that I found that was easy to pronounce. Okay. Dusan. So, according to the story, Dusan was an old man in close to his 70s from Eastern Europe. The rumor was that he dabbled in black magic, but others said he was just an old kook. <laughs> Same. <laughs> Same on both. Um, either way, he was an outsider which meant that no one listened to him or believed him when he explained what this creature obviously was, a werewolf. When the hunting parties turned up quarryless, they finally decided to listen to him. They hadn't been able to catch the beast. They hadn't even been able to track the beast. Dusan explained that there would be no chance at them finding the beast just any old night, because it had to be a full moon, because this is a werewolf. Oh, he told them to hold off on their hunting parties and in the meantime to take any silver they could find and melt it down into bullets. What a, what a smart man. This was a strange suggestion, <laughs> but desperate for results, the farmers did what they were told. It was several weeks before the full moon lit the sky again and the hunting party of farmers, armed with silver bullets and rifles and the words of a possibly crazy old man, took to their fields. Yep. Then they were confronted by it. Oh. <gasps> The most frightening silhouette they had ever seen lurking in the distance. A little girl. The creature was as big as a man with a long snout that walked on on its hind legs, on two legs. It had wolf-like ears that twitched in the moonlight. And once the farmers were able to shake off their initial shock, they lifted their rifles and took aim. The field erupted with the sound of gunfire as they shot. The beast screamed when it was hit and fled into the forest. The farmers weren't sure where the beast was hit, but it had been hit, and it appeared that Dusan's plan had worked. While the farmers cheered and celebrated, Mildred Burt woke up to the sound of gunshots. She went to check on her children and found Emmy's bed was empty. Wait a minute, so they didn't didn't even warn like the townspeople that they were going to be shooting off a bunch of guns? No. That's, that's great. Love that. I mean, as far as we know, no. Um, yeah, it's very American. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, concern and curiosity got the better of Mildred because she found Emmy's bed was empty. Mm. And she took up a lantern and headed into the forest where she had seen her daughter go previously. Obviously not tonight. She searched and searched but found no sign of her. Finally, she happened upon her daughter who was lying unconscious with blood pooling around her hand. Aww. It appeared that she had been shot and Mildred did her best to stop the bleeding before going to get help. The next day, the local doctor visited and treated her hand, but he was unable to explain what had happened. It really didn't line up for her to have been able to, like, have gotten that wound somehow naturally in the woods. It wasn't yeah. something that would be, like, from falling or caught her hand on something like that. It was very clearly like she had been shot in the hand. One of the stories I saw said that her hand was amputated. Oof. Um, that it had just like literally been blown off. Blown off. Eesh. Um, but other stories I found made it sound like she had just been shot like through the hand, Jesus style. So yeah, so it still hurt obviously, but yeah. it didn't like hit anything primary, like cutting off your hand at the wrist or a a brutal amputation like that. She probably could have died. Mm. 
Um, maybe if her mom hadn't found her quickly enough. Yeah. Um, but this is a story from like the 1800s. So. Oh yeah, yeah. She might have died just anyway because she might have gotten like sepsis or some shit. Rumors of Emmy's accident and the farmer's werewolf hunt began to collide and intertwine with one another at local taverns and meeting places. Mildred discovered a doctor in Paris who claimed to specialize in lycanthropy. And due to the sneaking suspicion that she had that Emmy was involved with the animal mutilations, she sent Emmy to him in hopes that she would be cured. Okay. Um, the legend says that the attacks completely stopped from then on in Woodland, that there was never another rash of animal mutilation. Um, several years later, Emmy returned to Georgia, seemingly cured of her ailment. She lived her life as a successful businesswoman, and in 1911, she passed away at the age of 70 and was buried next to her father. Dang. I did see, and it uh, doesn't appear that she ever married or had kids or anything. Good so, <laughs> um, I did see some interesting commentary on the case, though, on one of the blogs I was reading that I, I didn't write the name down. I'm so sorry. Um, but one of the comments on it was that, like, most obviously consider this a legend. Yeah. Um, but that there is some suggestion that the, her father was also, had this mystery ailment, and that was why he died, was, like, oh. as a result of it. Um, and the idea was that the doctor in Paris didn't actually cure Emmy, but instead taught her how to manage the lycanthropy and oh. continue to mask as a normal human in her day-to-day -day life. That's that's smart. Um, which gave me big uh, Oz from Buffy vibes. Yeah, yeah. That's the second time Buffy has come into my brain today. Thank you. <laughs> You're welcome. Buffy, that's another one that you suggested to me that I actually watched. Yeah. Just, just saying. It's a good series. <laughs> um, okay, so now on to another set of wee-woos. This time a bit more brutal than the last. Oh. Murder. <laughs> Shocked. Fancy soap. Ooh. child death no and mental illness this one doesn't um, sound so fun no it's not quite as fun um so manuel blanco romasanta was born on november 18th 1809 in spain which i believe makes him a scorpio um he was one of five children born to miguela blanco and uh maria romasanta when he was initially born he was actually assigned female and given the name Manuela, um, but at the age of six, a doctor reassigned his sex to male, and hmm. by eight, the family legally changed his name to Manuel. Um, I couldn't really find anything as to why this happened, but I'm betting that he was born intersex. Intersex, yeah. Um, and that they weren't sure which side was going to be more prominent, um, but all of the, like, sketches and stuff i've seen of him he's got like a full beard and things but his like i feel like if he didn't have the beard he would have a very feminine face so i can see like when he was little he probably did appear more feminine in appearance he's got really soft eyes like he he looks gentle like Aww. looking at the like police sketches and stuff he's oh, not i guess from the story he that not. he is not a gentle man um, but that's what I'm, I'm guessing at least is what happened. I couldn't find anything to confirm that, but it seems weird that they would like flip Oopsie. a gender. Yeah. Yeah. Especially in 1809 in a yeah. Catholic country. Yeah. So it's gener generally believed that his family had been wealthy 
because Manuel could read and write, which was a rare skill at the time in Spain, in Galicia. Um, by all accounts, he was a man of very small stature, standing somewhere between four foot six and four foot eleven. Dang. Um, and he had blonde hair and a tender expression. He worked as a dressmaker as an adult and did get married in 1832, but his wife unfortunately died the following year in 1833. Oh. And there's never been any belief that he was involved with her death in any way. Um, basically, it sounds like she just got sick. The illness. The illness strikes again. Um, so now widowed, he became a traveling salesman in Esgos and then through Galicia and Portugal. Um, he also worked as a guide for travelers crossing the mountains into Castile, Asturias, and Cantabria, um, which opened up opportunities for him to continue trade into those other areas and work as a salesman. In 1844, though, things took a turn for the worse when Blanco was charged with the murder of Vicente Fernandez, a government official, which I love the name Vicente. I don't know why. Just a good name. Oh, a government official. He was yeah. trying to get some shit dead. Um, so Vicente was found dead after attempting to collect a debt from Blanco. Um, when Blanco failed, when Blanco failed to appear, the judge deemed him guilty by default, and he was sentenced in absentia to ten years imprisonment. Hmm. Um, under threat of imprisonment, Blanco lived in hiding for nearly a year and reappeared with a false passport using the name of Antonio Gomez. Um, he lived in the small village of Rebordachau, going A for effort. <laughs> um, for at least a year and helped with the harvest. He also worked as a cook, a core maker, a coeer maker, uh, which is making fibers from coconut husks. Um, and a weaver making yarn. Okay. He, he started to become friends with the women in the village, which resulted him in him being considered effeminate and kind of ostracized by the men. Um, in the next few years, multiple men... Uh, not sorry. Not sorry? Not, not men. Oh. In the next few years, multiple women and children who had hired Blanco as a guide began to disappear. However, their disappearances were not immediately noticed because he would return with letters from them saying that they had arrived safely at their destination and were settling in. People became suspicious when, like an idiot, Blanco began selling victims' clothing locally. Oh, what a smart move. Yeah. Uh, rumors also spread that he was now selling some uh, fancy soap Oh, that oh. may have been rendered from fat. Oh. Potentially from the women and children he murdered. Oh, no, like, uh, that's not good. Yeah. He pulled a fight. Pulled a fight club. No bueno. Finally, in 1852, a complaint was lodged in the city of Escalona stating that Blanco had deceived women and children into traveling with him so that he could kill them and remove their fat, which he then sold. He was arrested in September 1852 and brought to trial in Ayariz. In his defense, he claimed to be afflicted by lycanthropy. Blanco admitted to 13 murders, Ooh. but his defense said that he had been cured and had only committed them after transforming into a wolf. Except I wrote transforming into a world. A world. <laughs> and what a, what a trick. Um, according to his own testimony, quote, 
The first time I transformed was in the mountains of Kuso. I came across two ferocious looking wolves. I suddenly fell to the ground and began to feel convulsions. I rolled over three times, and a few seconds later, I was a wolf. <laughs> I was mar- I was out marauding with the other two for five days until I returned to my own body, the one you see me before you today, your honor. The other two wolves came with me, who I thought were also wolves, changed into human form. They were from Valencia. One was called Antonio, and the other was Don G- Gennaro. They too were cursed. We attacked and ate a number of people because we were hungry. Oh, End gross. quote. So the prosecutor basically said, oh, you're a big scary wolf? Prove it. Transform. Do it. Just do it. Why can't no, you do cured. it? cured. Did you miss that part? Blanca replied that the curse only lasted for 13 years. Oh, and that's his really time, his time expired a week ago. And now he was cured. That's really, really convenient. The ultimate, so, well, you see what happened. <laughs> what, so what happened? What? <laughs> wow. And, yeah. I was just like, I read that and I was like, oh, come on, man. Like, <laughs> that's, that's like a pure shaggy moment. Yeah, it wasn't me. Um, in October 1852, the doctors presented the court with a report on Blanco. Um, this was heavily based on um, phrenology, which is a throwback oh, yeah. to Casey's Hayden's head episode. Chef's kiss. <laughs> um, but for a Sparknotes refresher, phrenology is the pseudoscience that you can judge by the shape and size of a person's skull and aspects of it, what type of person they'll be. Whether they'll excel in science, the arts, murder, you know, your basic pillars of life. Um, horniness so- is in that too That's just, just <laughs> to remind everybody it tells you how horny you are the report um the report though accused him of inventing his affliction and found no causes or motives for his behavior saying quote his inclination to vice is voluntary and not forced the subject is not insane dim-witted or monomaniacal nor were these conditions achieved when incarcerated on the contrary he he instead turns out to be a pervert (laughs) an accomplished criminal capable of anything cool and collected without goodness but acts with free will freedom and knowledge end quote he's a pervert (laughs) um the court would find him guilty on nine of the murders which exhibited signs of butchering he was though but he was acquitted on four of the murders which he had confessed to because the forensic evidence indicated that the victims had actually died in real wolf attacks. Oh. Yeah, which is weird. It's just a weird little coincidence, isn't it? And I'm like, are you really smart? And you're just like, these people who were attacked by wolves, I will also say that I killed them because I know they were killed by wolves. And then it will look like I am a wolf. Yeah. how smart I am. But like, was he that smart? Like that's like not that. a that's not a bad move. Like uh, I don't think he's that smart. Um, on April, yeah, he was selling the victims' clothing yeah. like in the town where they came from. <laughs> I want to know how he scented his people soap. Was it lavender? Was Probably it honey. Was it? We all want to know. Yeah, I wonder how much you have to like scent it to yeah. make it not smell like fat. Yeah. Just in general, like. Like, it doesn't matter any kind of fat. Like, lard has a smell. Yep. It's lardy. Yeah. Um, so, on April 6th, 
1853, he was sentenced to death by groat and to pay a thousand real for each victim. You definitely thought you were going to say he was sentenced to death by gorilla. <laughs> I was like, whoa, okay, yeah, drastic. They, Im- they imported a gorilla and he had to fight it. Harambe if he, Senior. If he defeated, if he defeated the gorilla, then he got to leave. <laughs> Justice for Harambe. Except don't write it on no. your ballots. If that's still a thing, no, don't do it. Don't it's do not that. funny. Don't vote for Kanye. Please, God, Please. no. Real people. Real people who could actually run this <laughs> Kanye, country. Kanye, not real people. Kanye is not real people. No. <laughs> that man is insane. Yep. Um. So his his sentence back on, not Kanye. <laughs> yeah, no. <laughs> but Blanco. Um, so his sentence was reduced to life imprisonment. But the prosecution appealed against the reduction, and in March of 1854, the original verdict of death by groat was upheld. Death by gorilla, still going. Excellent. Um, His victims are as follows, or what he was um, charged for. So it was Manuela Garcia, 47, and her daughter Petra, 15. Um, Benita Garcia Blanco, age 34, and her son Francisco, age 10. Which I think it's weird. I was looking at this and I was like, interesting that they went to like Manuela, which was his mm-hmm. birth name. And then his second victim was last name is Blanco, which is his mm-hmm. dad's last name. And then the third set of victims is Antonia Land or uh, Antonia Eond, thirty-seven, and her daughter Peregrina, which Antonio is the name that he took when he went to Portugal. Um, and Josefa Garcia and her son Jose Passos, uh, who is twenty-one years old, and Maria Dolores, who is twelve years old. But I was looking at that and I was like, I don't know how much of that is just like commonality of name yeah. in the area, but it's also weird that like both of his two adult victims had like a direct connection to his name. To his name, yeah. Um. So in May of eighteen fifty-four, Queen Isabella the second personally reduced his sentence to life imprisonment after a a hypnotherapist that basically was only known as like Mr. Phillips officially um, reached out to the Minister of Justice claiming to be able to cure Blanco of his lycanthropy. But it was cured. He only had to serve 13 years of lycanthropy. (laughs) (laughs) Um, The hypnotist also claimed that Blanco was suffering from monomania um, and that that had taken the form of lycanthropy for him. Ah. So monomania simply, to kind of cliff notes again, is uh, a form of partial insanity that kind of gained popularity in the 1800s, where an otherwise sound mind has one psychological obsession. And so his was werewolves, basically. So wherever he could see werewolves, he would see werewolves wherever so he like saw wolves they were automatically werewolves so when he saw wolves he became a werewolf because he saw wolves which to him are werewolves gotcha this is very Um, reminiscent of the of the justin mcelroy uh tiktok where he's like now he's mario he's mario you don't have to be angry about it anymore you just have to accept he's mario now he's mario now he's Um, mario However, the hypnotist would never get to meet with Manuel Blanco Romasanta as he died months after the final reduction. Uh, oh, darn. From everything I found, he died of stomach cancer. Oof. 
that sounds like a bad way to go. Yeah, especially in the 1850s. Yeah. Um, and it's interesting, too, that, like, the... Just garrote me. Like... The hypnotherapist, um, I think was from... Is, is thought to have been this uh, therapist from Paris, which is where uh, Emmy got sent. Emmy went, yeah. And so I'm like, oh man, what if it was like the same dude? What if it was just like both stories were connected? Or like the same practice and like the first guy taught the second guy or something? Yeah, who knows? It's all connected. It's that it's that uh, Always Sunny in Philadelphia. It's all connected. <laughs> Me, <Mihima. laughs> Um, but yeah, so those are my two werewolves that I found. I hope they didn't disappoint. I tried to stick with, uh, like an actual werewolf legend and then a dude who thought he was a werewolf because he was unfortunately born in a time that was not ready to help him. <laughs> yep. That is, that is the most accurate way to describe that. <laughs> like so, so, so many others. I am also born in a time where they're not prepared to help me. <laughs> Unfortunately, I think that when I cut out all of the uh, Game of Thrones and you making fun of me talk, uh, this will be a very short episode. <laughs> I mean, you don't have to, but it does seem like it was a long-winded segue that doesn't belong. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, for me, uh, disliking those <laughs> in shows. Um, I might just do a time, like a timestamp in the show notes or something so yeah. like skip here to get to the actual story <laughs> and then you can cut out the part where i say just put this on patreon and then the patreon people won't feel slighted when we don't only put it on patreon <laughs> and then i have to That's... also take this part out <laughs> yes <laughs> hello i require a lot of editing i am not i am not good i am not polished oh neither am i you're fine Thanks for joining us today with these werewolf tales. And remember that you can go to patreon.com slash strange unusual to vote for next month's topic. We hope you'll reach out to us with your own experiences. We want your stories, your questions, and your feedback. Send us an email at strangeunusualpodcast at gmail.com. If you're sending a story, we just ask that you put listener story in the subject line so you can sort through those a little more easily. Have you ever seen a werewolf? Are are you a werewolf? When you look at wolves, do you become a wolf? (laughs) What does what does human fat smell like? Uh, how do you cover up <laughs> the lard smell in soap? Just in general, so I'm, I there's definitely people still making soap with lard out there. Well, I know that like ye olde soap was also made with lye, and that would probably yeah. kill a lot of smell. That's fair. True, true, true. Hey, you can also find us on Instagram at strange underscore unusual underscore podcast or on our personal accounts Roy Rampage and Calamity Casey great work you can find us on Twitter at underscore strange unusual at Calamity Casey and at Roy Rampage we're on Facebook just search for the strange unusual podcast uh, if you'd like of course I will say it again you can join us over on patreon.com slash strange unusual where we will be in the next week or so voting on uh, next month's episode I'm not sure what our topics will be to choose from yet but I promise you they will be a doozy because I got some ideas, brah. Uh, so <laughs> <laughs> you can join us over there. It's just $2 a month. We are doing, uh, we will be starting in November doing every other week watch parties of things like 
documentaries that we find unsolved mysteries episodes i was thinking maybe just some cool ass movies sometimes well let's see what everybody wants to see maybe you can join us as i force roya to watch an episode of the witcher I don't think time. you can force me. You have to come here to force me to do that. Um, so you do that. You think first. I won't do it? You do think it. I won't do it, bitch? You, you better not threaten me with the only way that you'll come the, out here. The only way? The only way I'll watch it is if you come Excuse here. Excuse me. I <laughs> was there the last time. It's your turn. <laughs> yeah. But see, Elise also wants to come if I come visit you. Yeah. And so, like, logistically, there's a lot more for me to worry about because AJ wouldn't be coming with you. You don't think he would be coming with me? I don't think, first of all, just side note, I don't think I'm going to get away from my husband that easily. Again? <laughs> yeah. That was... Um. Anyway, yes, thanks. <laughs> <laughs> Happy Halloween, everybody. If you yeah. would like to watch uh, stuff with us come hang out on our patreon.com slash usual and join our discord and we will have a great time okay bye bye happy halloween